Introduction of Gilbert Keith Chesterton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Gilbert Keith Chesterton by Massey Ward. Introduction. Chiefly Concerning Sources. The material for this book falls roughly into two parts spoken and written gilbert chesterton was not an old man when he died and many of his friends and contemporaries have told me incidents and recalled sayings right back to his early boyhood this part of the material has been unusually rich and copious so that i could get a clearer picture of the boy and the young man that is usually granted to the biographer the book has been in the making for six years and in three countries several times i hid it aside for some months so as to be able to get a fresh view of it i talked to all sorts of people heard all sorts of ideas saw my subject from every side i went to paris to see one old friend to indiana to see others met for the first time in lengthy talk maurice baring h g wells and bernard shaw went to kingsland to see mr belloc gathered gilbert's boyhood friends of the junior debating club in london and visited father brown among his yorkshire moors armed with a notebook i tried to miss none who had known gilbert well especially in his youth e c bentley lucian oldershaw lawrence solomon edward fordham i had ten long letters from annie Furman, my most valuable witness as to gilbert's childhood for information on the next period of his life i talked to monsignor o'connor to hilaire belloc maurice baring charles summers cox f y eccles and others besides being now able to draw on my own memories francis i had talked with on and off about their early married years ever since i had first known them but she was alas too ill and consequently too emotionally unstrung during the last months for me to ask her all the questions springing in my mind tell massey she said to dorothy collins not to talk to me about gilbert it makes me cry for the time at beaconsfield out of a host of friends the most valuable were dr pocock and dr bakewell among priests monsignors o'connor and ronald knox fathers vincent mcnab o p and ignatius rice o s b were especially intimate dorothy collins evidence covers a period of ten years that of h g wells and bernard shaw is reinforced by most valuable letters which they have kindly allowed me to publish then too gilbert was so much of a public character and so popular with his fellow journalists that stories of all kinds abound concerning him there is a kind of evidence and very valuable it is that may be called a boswell collective it is fitting that it should be so we cannot picture g k like the great lexicographer accompanied constantly by one ardent and observant witness pencil in hand ready to take notes over the teacups and by the way in spite of an acquaintance who regretted in this connection that g k was not laterally more often seen in taverns it was over the teacups even more than over the wine glasses that boswell made his notes i have seen boswell's signature after wine on the minutes of a meeting of the club and he was in no condition then for the taking of notes even the signature is almost illegible but it is fitting that gilbert who loved all sorts of men so much should be kept alive for the future by all sorts of men from the focusing of many views from many angles this picture has been composed but they are all views of one man 
and the picture will show i think a singular unity when whistler as gilbert himself once said painted a portrait he made and destroyed many sketches how many it did not matter for all even of his failures were fruitful but it would have mattered frightfully if each time he looked up he found a new subject sitting placidly for his portrait gilbert was fond of asking in the new witness of people who expressed admiration for lloyd george which george do you mean for chameleon-like the politician has worn many colors and the portrait painted in nineteen six would have had to be torn up in nineteen sixteen but gather the chesterton portraits read the files when he first grew into fame talk to mr titterton who worked with him on the daily news in nineteen six and on g k s weekly in nineteen thirty six collect witnesses from his boyhood to his old age from dublin to vancouver individuals who knew him groups who are endeavoring to work out his ideas all will agree on the ideas and on the man as making one pattern throughout one developing but integrated mind and personality gathering the material for a biography bears some resemblance to interrogating witnesses in a court of law there are good witnesses and bad reliable and unreliable memories i remember an old lady a friend of my mother's who remarked with candor after my mother had confided to her something of importance my dear i must go and write that down immediately before my imagination gets mixed with my memory one witness must be checked against another there will be discrepancies in detail but the main facts will in the end emerge just now and again however a biographer like a judge meets a totally unreliable witness one event in this biography has caused me more trouble than anything else the marconi scandal and the trial of cecil chesterton for criminal libel which grew out of it as luck would have it it was on this that i had to interrogate my most unreliable witness i had seen no clear and unbiased account so i had to read the many pages of the blue book and law reports besides contemporary comment in various papers i have no legal training but one point stuck out like a spike cecil chesterton had brought accusations against godfrey isaacs not only concerning his own past career as a company promoter but also concerning his dealings with the government over the marconi contract in connection with which he had also fiercely attacked rufus isaacs herbert samuel and other ministers of the crown but in the witness-box he accepted the word of the very ministers he had been attacking and declared that he no longer accused them of corruption which seemed to me a complete abandonment of his main position having drafted my chapter on marconi i asked mr cecil chesterton to read it but more particularly to explain this point she gave me a long and detailed account of how cecil had been intensely reluctant to take this course but violent pressure had been exerted on him by his father and by gilbert who were both in a state of panic over the trial unlikely as this seemed especially in gilbert's case the account was so circumstantial and from so near a connection that i felt almost obliged to accept it what was my amazement a few months later at receiving a letter in which she stated that after a great deal of close research work re-reading of papers etc in connection with her own book the chestertons and after a talk with cecil's solicitors she had become convinced that cecil had acted as he had because the closest sleuthing had been unable to discover any trace of investments by rufus isaacs in english marconis for this reason cecil took the course he did not through family pressure 
that pressure i still feel was exerted though possibly not until the trial was over it was then the lady's feelings and not facts that had been offered to me as evidence and it was the merest luck that my book had not appeared before cecil's solicitors had spoken the account given in lord birkenhead's famous trials is the speech for the prosecution mrs cecil chesterton's chapter is an impressionist sketch of the court scene by a friend of the defendant what was wanted was an impartial account but i tried in vain to write it the chronology of events the connection between the government commission and the libel case the connection between the english and american marconi companies it was all too complex for my lay mind so i turned the chapters over to my husband who has had a legal training and asked him to write it for me the chestertons is concerned with gilbert and francis as well as with cecil and the confusion between memory and imagination to say nothing of reliance on feelings unsupported by facts pervades the book it can only be called a legend so long growing in mrs cecil's mind that i am convinced that when she came to write her book she firmly believed in it herself the starting point was so ardent a dislike for francis that every incident poured fuel on the flame and was seen only in its light when i saw her the legend was beginning to shape she told me various stories showing her dislike facts offered by me were either denied or twisted to fit into the pattern i do not propose to discuss here the details of a thoroughly unreliable book most of them i think answer themselves in the course of this biography with one or two points i deal in appendix c but i will set down here one further incident that serves to show just how little help this particular witness could ever be for like cecil's solicitors i spoiled one telling detail for her she told me with great enthusiasm that cecil had said that gilbert was really in love or not with francis but with her sister gertrude and that gertrude's red hair accounted for the number of red-headed heroines in his stories i told her however on the word of their brother-in-law that gertrude's hair was not red mr oldershaw in fact seemed a good deal amused he said that gilbert never looked at either of the other sisters who were not his sort and had eyes only for francis mrs cecil however would not relinquish this dream of red hair and another love in her book she wishes red gold hair on to annie Furman, because in the autobiography gilbert had described her golden plates but unluckily for this new theory annie's hair was yellow which is quite a different color and annie who is still alive is also amused at the idea that gilbert had any thought of romance in her connection when francis chesterton gave me the letters and other documents she said i don't want the book to appear in a hurry not for at least five years there will be lots of little books written about gilbert let them all come out first i want your book to be the final and definitive biography the first part of this injunction i have certainly obeyed for it will be just seven years after his death that this book appears for the second half i can say only that i have done the best that in me lies to obey it also i am very grateful to those who have preceded me with books depicting one aspect or another of my subject i have tried to make use of them all as part of my material and some are little merely in the number of their pages i am especially grateful to hilaire belloc emile camerts cyril clemens and father brown who have allowed me to quote with great freedom i want to thank mr seward collins mr cyril clemens and the university of notre dame for the loan of books mrs bambridge for the use of a letter from kipling 
and a poem from the years between even greater has been the kindness of those friends of my own and of gilbert chesterton's who have read this book in manuscript and made very valuable criticisms and suggestions may chesterton dorothy collins edward connor ross hoffman mrs robert kidd arnold lunn monsieur knox father murtaugh father vincent mcnab lucian oldershaw beatrice ward douglas woodruff monsignor o'connor most of the criticisms were visibly right while even those with which i could not concur showed me the weak spot in my work that had occasioned them they have helped me to improve the book i think i may say enormously one suggestion i have not followed that one name should be used throughout either chesterton or gilbert or g k but not all three i had begun with the idea of using chesterton when speaking of him as a public character and also when speaking of the days before i did in fact call him gilbert but this often left him and cecil mixed up then too though i seldom used g k myself other friends writing to me of him often used it i began to go through the manuscript unifying and then i noticed that in a single paragraph of his bernard shaw gilbert uses g b s shaw bernard shaw and mr shaw here was a precedent indeed and it seemed to me that it was really the natural thing to do after all we do talk of people now by one name now by another it is a matter of slight importance if of any and i decided to let it go as to size i am afraid the present book is a large one although not as large as boswell's johnson or gone with the wind but in this matter i am unrepentant for i have faith in chesterton's own public the book is large because there is no other way of getting chesterton on to the canvas it is a joke he would himself have enjoyed but it is also a serious statement for a complete portrait of chesterton even the most rigorous selection of material cannot be compressed into a smaller space i have first written at length and then cut and cut at first i had intended to omit all matter already given in the autobiography then i realized that it would never do for some things which are vital to a complete biography of chesterton are not only told in the autobiography better than i could tell them but are recorded there and nowhere else and this book is not merely a supplement to the autobiography it is the life of chesterton the same problem arises with regard to the published books and i have tried to solve it on the same line there was rung in my mind mr belloc's saying a man is his mind to tell the story of a man of letters while avoiding quotation from or reference to his published works is simply not to tell it at christopher dawson's suggestion i have re-read all the books in the order in which they were written thus trying to get the development of gilbert's mind perfectly clear to myself and to trace the influences that affected him at various dates for this reason i have analyzed certain of the books and not others those which showed this mental development most clearly at various stages are those too many alas which are out of print and hard to obtain but whenever possible in illustrating his mental history i have used unpublished material so that even the most ardent chestertonian will find much that is new to him for the period of gilbert's youth there are many exercise books mostly only half filled containing sketches and caricatures lists of titles for short stories and chapters unfinished short stories several completed fairy stories and some of the best drawings were published in the colored lands others are hence later used in his own novels there is a fragment of the ball and the cross 
a first suggestion for the man who was thursday a rather more developed adumbration of the napoleon of notting hill this i think is later than most of the notebooks but after the change in handwriting apparently deliberately and carefully made by gilbert around the date at which he left st paul's for the slade school it is almost impossible to establish a date at all exactly for any one of these notebooks notes made later when he had formed the habit of dictation became difficult to read not through bad handwriting but because words are abbreviated and letters omitted some of the exercise books appear to have been begun thrown aside and used again later there is among them one only of real biographical importance a book deliberately used for the development of a philosophy of life dated in two places to which i devote a chapter and which i refer to as the notebook this book is as important in studying chesterton as the pensees would be for a student of pascal he is here already a master of phrase in a sense which makes a comparison with pascal especially apt for he often packs so much meaning into a brilliant sentence or two that i have felt it worth while in dealing especially with some of the less remembered books to pull out a few of these sentences for quotation apart from their context other important material was to be found in g k s weekly in articles in other periodicals and in unpublished letters with some of the correspondences i have made considerable use of both sides and if any one pedantically objects that that is unusual in a biography i will adapt a phrase of bernard shaw's which you will find in this book and say hang it all be reasonable if you had the choice between reading me and reading wells and shaw wouldn't you choose wells and shaw end of introduction